You are listening to Scattered by Anchored Baptist Church, where we are working to reflect the diversity of Amanus as we gather to hear good news and as we scatter to share it. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, or it has been said, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, elsewhere it's written, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Peter continues, They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were a people, you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Let me reread it. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now You have received mercy. Let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. God, we ask that through this word and by your spirit, uh, Lord, you will be building us up into exactly what it is that you have said that we are. uh, Into into your church. uh, Building us into that holy nation, a royal priesthood. And Lord, we will thank you for that. It's in Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. All right, Anchor Baptist Church, uh, we don't have priests. I've never worn a fancy collar in church. What is a priest supposed to do? Now, you could answer this very wrongly, and that's exactly the answer I want you to give me. Okay, but just in case all of you are much smarter than what I could have ever imagined, I'm going to give you the wrong answer, okay? The wrong answer is someone that stands between you and God. That's the wrong answer. That's the way that pagans think about priests. Right? Who stands between um, you and... uh, Well, let's just say it. Who stands between you and your ancestors? Hmm? A priest of some nature, right? Uh, Hey, who, who is the buffer between you and God when you come to church on a Sunday and you're really hoping that nothing about your life has to change? Well, hopefully it's going to be the pastor, right? He's going to be the buffer between me and God. He's going to keep me safe. Anchored Baptist Church, you have been pulled out of darkness and put into marvelous light. You know that's not the way things work. What is a priest? Well, a priest is someone who has access to God. And when God saved his first people out of the hands of Egypt, out of slavery, what did he say to them? I will be your God, 
And you will be my people, and I will make you a nation of priests. What's he saying? He's saying, all of you are going to have equal access to me. Now we know God's first people. They had priests. Those people made sacrifices, so on and so forth. Peter is alluding to that as well. But God has always intended for his people to know who he is, to know what he wants from them, and for them to know that he is their loving, heavenly father to whom they can bring anything and everything. All right. So that's where we're going to start off today. But it's from this passage that at the time of, uh, let's say, 1520, a man by the name of Martin Luther uh, developed, and it was there, it was there before, it was there in the 300s, it was there in the 400s, in the 500s, but then it disappeared for about a thousand years. And that was this idea of the priesthood of all believers. That is, Everyone that has been saved by Jesus is indwelt by the Spirit and has equal access to God. Now, the problem when Martin Luther was, was, was working and the problem when he wrote that wasn't necessarily that there wasn't still teaching that that was true, but in practical terms, it wasn't true because of all the things that Joshua brought up for us today. It wasn't true because no one could sing the Psalms anymore. No one knew how to follow along with what the dude was doing up front. And no one was taught. And in fact, people were kept from being taught those things because that was a holy thing that common people shouldn't touch. Alright? So practically speaking, people were being forcibly separated from their God. And that wasn't right. And so here in 1 Peter, what do we read? We read what exactly what God is expecting his church to be. We are reading exactly what it is that Peter says the church should be like. A holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. And how do we do that? Well, just like we do everything else, church, through Jesus Christ. And then in verse 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. I can't remember. Hey, let's slow down. Let's put the brakes on for just a second. All right. Um, Over the last four weeks, whether you know it or not, Anchored has been receiving more well-rounded and good teaching from the Bible than one person can offer. That's true. Not only that, but you guys have actually got to hear good preaching the last four weeks too. You should be thankful for that. You should thank God for that. And if you've missed out on it, for whatever reason... You shouldn't miss out on it again. Because it's there. The Word of God is being hand-delivered to you. You should be there to receive it. And I forget, it was either Tim, 
or Joshua. I can't remember. Sorry, guys. You guys are all the same to me. You know? uh, no. Uh, <laughs> but one of them brought up the fact that when we're reading a letter, an, an epistle in our New Testament, we have to remember this wasn't written just to you or to me. This was written to a church, right? And so here, who is Peter talking to? He is talking to a church in a whole region. He's talking to Jews that used to be Jews and now they're Christians. He's talking to Gentile pagans that used to be proper pagans and now they're Christians. All of them resting and relying upon Jesus for their salvation. And in this region, it would have been a whole mixed up, messed up, poiky of people. And do you know what he's calling this, this whole mixed up mess of people? A chosen race. A nation. A priesthood. That's radical language that Peter is using. Anchored Baptist Church. He's calling you that. Uh, back when we started our Jesus Builds His Church series, I don't know how long ago that was, but back when we started that, I preached from this passage. Except for I didn't, I didn't focus on the priesthood. I focused on the fact that you were living stones that were being built up into Christ's church. All right. So what does a priest do then? Okay. In Peter's language, yes. A priest um, makes spiritual sacrifices. Let's, let, we need to make this more practical. We can't just hold on to um, the language there. We have to explain what this language means. What would a spiritual sacrifice be? In this case, what what happens when a sacrifice is made? Well, the forgiveness of sins would have been actually applied to God's first people, Israel, right? We all know God didn't change the way that he forgave sins. God was always the forgiver of sins. But when people saw blood pouring out of an animal, they knew it. They knew their sins were forgiven. Right? And so now Peter is looking to all of you and saying, hey, priesthood, how are people going to know that their sins are forgiven? You, as a priest, as someone who is privileged to handle the word of God, to give it out to others, to actually tell people that they are forgiven. How are you going to do that? Well, first of all, you're living stones that are being built up into a church. You're going to do it in the church. How else are you going to do it? You're going to have to open up your mouth and you're going to have to share it with people. Yeah? You're going to have to go out there into the world and give of yourself to earn the respect and the audience with people. So that they can hear your words and then you can open up your mouth and you can offer them that forgiveness that Jesus freely gives to them. All right, all right, all right. Here's our big idea. First of all, before we go any further this morning, I need you to know this, that you are saints and priests. What does it mean to be a saint? That you're perfect, right? Got a little halo over your head? No? What does it mean? You are saved by Jesus. 
Yeah? You are someone that has been set aside by Jesus. And here's also what I need you to know. When Jesus saved you, He gave you gifts, privileges, and responsibilities in His church. When Jesus saved you, He gave gifts, privileges, and responsibilities to you in His church. Anchored Baptist Church, um, this will be, at least for a little while, the last sermon that I'm preaching. And uh, Ben told me I wasn't allowed to cry, but now that he's now that he's asleep, I think I can do whatever I want, right? No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to cry today, because I don't think we have anything to cry about. I look at Anchored Baptist Church right now, and I think we got a whole lot to celebrate. We've got a whole lot to celebrate. I have been so blessed to sit in the chairs on a Sunday and just receive the Word. It's been a really long time since I've been able to do that. So David, Tim, Josh, thank you so much, guys. That's been a real blessing to me these last couple of weeks. And... Although I don't think this will be my last time with you. Since this will be my last time in a while, I, I want to now slow down. I want to choose the fewest amount of words that I could possibly use to try to get my point across as strongly as I can. And in order to do that, I want to first share my fear with you. My fear isn't that somehow... Anchored Baptist Church is going to instantly fall apart a month from now. No, that's not my fear. You are a house that's being built up. That house is made out of living stones. It's strong. Jesus has been building you for seven and a half to eight years, depending on how long you've been with us, Melvin and Marine. Nah, this is a strong house. It doesn't just fall apart. What it takes is a lot of people ignoring the fact that they have been gifted a whole number of things to share with the church. It means a whole lot of people ignoring the fact that they have been given the privilege of loving and serving and giving to Christ's church. And it means a whole, it would take a whole lot of people refusing the responsibilities handed over to you by Jesus. And that's my fear. That in mass, everyone would decide to step back and say, Josh has got it. Tim has got it. David has got it. The deacons, they've got it. No, Anchored Baptist Church. We were not called by Christ to be a very select group of people that does the priestly duties and a very select group of people that does the serving duties and then everyone else just gets to sit there and do whatever they want. No. No. That's how houses fall apart. Right? 
What happens if you don't maintain your house? It falls apart. That's what happens if you don't maintain your house. I'm experiencing that with my garden right now, and it's really painful. Okay? It's really painful. So, as I read what it is that Peter has to say to us, Tim, I hope you don't feel like I'm stepping on your toes, but I, I get nervous sometimes. Like, sometimes I've wanted to preach the same sermon like three weeks in a row. One, to see if anyone notices. Right? <laughs> and then secondly, to make sure that one of the weeks you were actually paying attention. Okay? Um, and so, Tim, I don't want to step on your toes. I don't need to re-preach your sermon that you did last week because it was great. But I want to make sure that we heard what was said last week. I didn't, I didn't write down verbatim what Tim said. So I'm going to take us over to Philippians chapter 2. And Tim's going to forgive me because we're going to talk about forgiveness here in just a minute. And let's hear very closely, let's listen very closely to what Paul has to say to us now. So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, now just for the record, Paul is saying all of these things are true. Okay? All of that is true for you. And I don't know if you ever recognize this. When I say for you, I mean for you individually. But then in my most American way, I also mean for y'all. All All right? All right? You you with me? All right, so for you, for y'all. All right? Okay, there we go. There we go. Good. So it is true that there is encouragement in Christ. It is true that there is comfort from love. It is true that there is participation in the Spirit with all of you. And there should be affection and sympathy. And in doing this, in recognizing this, you will be completing what Paul says is his joy. Anchor Baptist Church completing my joy. Now, I hate to be selfish this morning, but I'm going to take this passage and make it a little bit selfish, okay? Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Paul's actually just going to keep on saying that. Uh, Basically, every possible way that you could be unified, do it. Do it. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, being proud, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let me read it again. But in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours. It's already yours in Jesus. Tim, hit this home. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not did not count equality with God as something to be held on to, but emptied himself by taking the form of a slave, being born in the likeness of men, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point 
of death, even a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we got to keep on going. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved... As you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, I'm going to say it in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Do all things. Oh man, okay, let's hear this one. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run, that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Let me try to summarize. All right, so I want you to take the gospel that's in there, that passage that we usually confess together. All right, know that gospel. Because right now I'm going to skip over it. I want to connect the two thoughts that Paul's had here. Complete my joy by having a brought togetherness that is Yours only in Jesus. Do not be selfish. Give of yourself. Think of everyone as better or more deserving than yourself. How did Jesus do it? He gave all of himself. You do that too. Do it without grumbling. Do it without arguing among yourselves. Hold fast to God's promise. And then this is a plea for me, Anchored Baptist Church. Let me know that I did not run in vain. Let me know that I did not run in vain. To have the kind of holiness that Paul's talking about in Philippians, to be the kind of priest that Peter's talking about here, you are going to need to do three things. You're going to have to love. You're going to have to serve. And you're going to have to give. Really, all those things are the same thing. It's what's summarized for us in that Philippians chapter 2, verses, uh, what is it, 5 to 11. Right? It's everything that Jesus did for you. Anchor Baptist Church, you're going to have to do it for the person sitting next to, behind, and beside you behind, in front of. You get it. All the directions, okay? You're going to have to do that. You will have to do it. You'll have to maintain the house. It's a must. Joshua can't do it for you. Tim can't do it for you. David can't do it for you. Joshua and I can't even get the computer to run, okay? Right? We need you. We need you. How can you love one another? You could talk to one another. 
Yeah? Yeah? Hey, you know what I got to experience today? I've been trying to stay out of everything for the last month, and now today I get to jump back in at first, okay? Um, I got to go to the prayer time at 9 o'clock. I haven't wanted to, like, be intruding. And I got to go there and hear people pray what it is that they want for Anchored Baptist Church. Guys, you need to be there for that. you got to be there for that. Your church needs you to be there for that. That's how you love one another, right? If, if I go to Tara and I say, Tara, I love you so much. Let's eat hamburgers. I mean, she likes a hamburger. Yeah, but that might not be what Tara wants. I got to listen to Tara, right? Tara could have said eight times in a row, hey, let's do this for dinner. And I say, eh, got to have hamburgers tonight. No, that's not how you love someone. You listen to them. You hear what their desires are. And then you work towards that goal with them. How do you serve someone? Well, exactly like Paul taught us. You treat that person as more deserving of everything than yourself. You know what makes that work? Because that can sound really scary. What makes it work is when that person also views you as deserving more than them. Anchored Baptist Church, you have to do that. You have to have that mind among yourselves. You have to be willing to give to one another. You have to be willing to give of your time, of your sanity, of your comfort. You have to be willing to give of your finances. All the stuff. Paul actually lays that out for us. I'm blanking right now. But he lays out, hey, if God has gifted you in this way, give that. If He's gifted you to teach, give that. If He's gifted you financially, give that. And here's, here's, here's the dirty little secret that Paul's also getting across to us. All of us in each of those ways is more blessed than someone else sitting in this room. And all of us in different ways are more gifted in each of those different, whatever, than someone else in this room. We are living, and we're all growing. We're all growing in those different ways. We're living stones. We're not dead stones put into a wall to just hold still forever. Yeah? We're growing. And when we realize that, we're growing in strength together then. Strength and unity. All right. I'm getting long-winded. Anchored Baptist Church. I would have you take away from this morning. uh, Okay, sorry. Let me, last thing on the priesthood. You know what this also means? Like Joshua said today, I I think this whole idea of the priesthood ties together all of our Reformation Sundays that we celebrated together. The law and the gospel. Theology of the cross versus the theology of glory. A life living like random chance things happen to you or God has called you to different vocations. All of these things are tied up in this very simple idea that God has gifted all of us equal access to himself and gifted to all of us what it is that we need to invite someone else into that relationship with God. All right. So, like Joshua said this morning, 
no matter what job you have, you're a priest in that job. There to offer up God's forgiveness to people. If you're lame brick, you offer forgiveness. <laughs> you hand over the goods, the gospel, to someone. Whatever it is that you're doing, if you're at home and you're changing nappies, then you offer the gospel up. And you constantly preach the gospel to that little child, even if they have no idea what you're talking about yet. Because they will one day. Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verse 32 says this, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, freely forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, freely forgave you. Your translation might say, um, uh, even as God in Christ freely forgave you. Um, that's okay. I like this older translation better. Even as God, for Christ's sake, freely forgave you. What, is it, what does that mean, for Christ's sake? Um, well, what it means is that Jesus did something. And because of Jesus' acceptable sacrifice and offering to the Father, you are freely forgiven. God the Father looks at God the Son and says, for the sake of my Son, you are forgiven. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, freely forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, freely forgave you. If I had one verse to hand over to you this morning, it would be that verse, Anchored Baptist Church. That is exactly the verse that you need to make what Tim preached to you last week a reality within our church. You know that same church, uh, that's from Ephesians. Remember, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 to that same church as Paul was leaving it in Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Um, it's, it's a real heartfelt moment in Paul's ministry. Out of all the churches that he visited, he probably had some of the best mutual encouragement there. And so the farewell, it's by the seaside, Paul's about to get in the boat. Actually, the kids and I just recently read this passage, and it drags on a little bit. You could tell whoever was like, holding the rope to keep the boat on shore, or whoever was pushing the boat. It, it, it Look, in Acts 20, it kind of feels like this. Um, they're getting ready to push the boat out into the open sea, and then Paul's like, oh, okay, just one more hug. Just one more hug, everyone. Uh, and then they push the boat out again, and Paul's like, oh, okay, just one more, hey, one more word, let's just share that. And every time, people are like pulling the boat back in, and then they're pushing it back out, and they're pulling it back in. That's what it felt like to me as we were reading it. But this is what Paul says to the church, actually to, the, to the, those, the, those elders, those people that were taking responsibility of the word, okay, to the ch at the church in Ephesus, in Acts chapter 20, verse 32. And now, and sorry, there's, there's um, he's speaking to the elders, but... The whole church is there with him. And now, brothers and sisters, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Um, otherwise said, the good news about Jesus, okay? Which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all that God has set apart for himself. Or saints. So I've called you priests. 
And now I'm reminding you that you're saints. You are people that have been set apart by God for Christ's sake. What does he say now? Brothers and sisters, I commend you to God. You could read it like this. I give you over to God. Well, that doesn't sound good, does it? (laughs) No, it doesn't sound great. What is he saying? I commend you to God. He's saying, you know what? I know you're saints. I know that you're saints and I'm handing you back over to God now. Because I know that he will find you acceptable. I know the inheritance that he has gifted to all of those who believe has been gifted to you. And now, brothers and sisters, I commend you. I hand you back over to God and to the word of his grace, the good news about Jesus for everyone. And what, what, is, what is that able to do? It's able to build you up and to keep on giving an inheritance to you amongst all of those who are saints. Anchored Baptist Church, um, this morning, uh, I have confidence commending you to God. I have confidence commending you to God because this is what I know. I know that you can love and serve one another. I know that you can give of yourselves to one another. And I know... That if you put yourself in positions, i.e. in prayer with others, in other people's households, where you're actually getting to speak to one another face to face, to hear what people's fears, concerns, and triumphs are, I know that in doing that, you will also be able to continually be sharing the good news to each other. And through that, God is going to keep on building you up. I also know that in the midst of that, things get messy. It's easy to feel like you're getting left behind. You're not. What what do you do when you feel like you're getting left behind? You run ahead a little bit faster. Right? You don't get left behind. Peter and Paul are both calling you that calling you to that this morning, Anchored. And I'm calling you to that this morning. You feel like you're getting left behind? Take a couple more steps forward. Pour yourself in. Give of yourself a little bit more. Why? How? You might say, wait, I'm exhausted. I'm with you. I'm exhausted too. Your preachers the last four weeks are exhausted. You're going to be exhausted. Do you know how we know that we can keep on giving of ourselves? We can keep on giving of ourselves for a couple... Here's the practical reason why we can keep giving of ourselves. Because there's more than just you in this church. Right? How does a team work? I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Tag me in. Right? That's how a team works. It's not just you here. Also practical, but in reality, how do we know that we can just keep on pouring out of ourselves? Because of Jesus. We know that we can keep on pouring out because He has poured all of Himself into us. 
And we know that we can totally give of ourselves, like Paul is saying to the church in Philippi, that I, I could be poured out like a drink, a drink offering if it would further build you up and strengthen you. Over these last seven years, Anchored, um, whether you know it or not, whether it looks like I've been calm, cool, and collected, which you know I haven't been, I've been pouring myself out for you. And it is a great privilege. And God kept on gifting everything that I needed to keep on doing that. And because of those two things, I also know that it was a responsibility that was given to me. He's giving you that responsibility. He's gifting you that privilege. And I know that He's going to keep on giving you everything that you need to love and serve and give to one another. I think... I can't remember who preached on this. I'm, I'm getting mixed up in Philippians now. But um, we also have read in Philippians that... Um, that Sorry. He's going to complete the work that he started in you. What is this? Huh? So you're going to have to say it loud, Ingla. <laughs> That's right. Until the day of Christ Jesus. That's right. Okay. So he has started a good work in you and he's going to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Do you know what that also means? He's going to complete it each and every day until the day of Christ Jesus. Yeah? How does a house get built in one day? No. Right? How does something get strengthened? How does something get strong in one day? No. It's a process which will be completed, and it's going to be completed from this day until that last day. Anchored Baptist Church, he's doing that for you. He has started a good work in each of you individually. He has started a good work in bringing us together as a church, and he's going to complete that work. He's going to complete that work Sunday after Sunday until the last day. When Jesus saved you, he gave gifts, privileges, and responsibilities to you in his church. Father God, each of, us, each of us this morning come to you calling you, Father, because we need you to be that for us. We need to know that you are always going to be there for us, guiding us and protecting us, shielding us from danger, correcting us when we're wrong, and Lord, we know, we know that you're a good father because that's not the only thing that you do for us. But you also have given us your son, Jesus. In his life, in his death, in his resurrection, you have not just put us in this world, protected us for a, for a, for a season or a, or a time, but you have gifted eternal life to us. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for this day that we get to 
celebrate, as we do each and every Sunday, that glorious gift of salvation. God, we love you. Lord, I pray for each of us. This world, our work, our relationships, even our church, can feel like a labor that is not always worth it. God, I ask that you would be continually giving us the comfort of knowing that our labor is not in vain. Lord, please give us the comfort as a church of of working hard with one another, to help one another, to serve, to love, to give to one another. Lord, help us at the end of each week, the end of each month, the end of each season in this church. Lord, help us to know that we have not run in vain. God, we'll thank You for that. And we also know that we need You to give that to us. Because we can't, we can't work it up from inside, Lord. Lord, I pray for Anchored that You would continually gift to us um, the comfort of, of, the, of the joy that we know is ours only in You. That You would continually gift to us the comfort that is unity amongst ourselves. God will thank You for that. It's in Jesus' name we pray by your Spirit. Amen. Until next time, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you all.